0: I get to give the topic of we are biblical, okay, and I'm excited about that because I love the Bible, I love studying the Bible, I love understanding the Bible, and so I'm excited to give that to you. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll get started, all right. Father, thank you so much for this day, for all you've done for us, for allowing us to be here, and uh, Father, thank you for these that have come and put in the time. Father, I pray that they would understand the importance of the Bible and why we are biblical here tonight. Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful for all you've done for us and for dying on the cross for our sins. And Father, we really don't deserve uh, really anything because of it. But uh, Father, we're just so thankful for the blessings that you've given us. Would you help us tonight to understand your word? And uh, I pray that you would give us great, great clarity. And Father, I pray that you be with Pastor Levi as well, as he's next door. But you give him great clarity as well. And uh, for those people, that they would learn and fe- uh, learn how to deal with their feelings and emotions. We love you so much. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are biblical. I want you to go ahead and pull up that picture for me. Can anybody tell me what this is? A lie detector. Very good. Can you give me the technical term for it? What's that? A polygraph. Very good, all right. A lie detector. Now, you might say, what in the world does this have to do with the Bible? Well, I want to tell you. Why in the world do you think the lie detector was invented? What do you think, Brody? To write stuff down? Fair enough. Write down some nice scribbly lines. Why do you think the lie detector was invented? Be practical. Yeah, to determine whether you're lying, determine whether you're guilty or not. Okay, good. So if we're going to put that on the other side, this is exactly why they wanted to build it, because they wanted to know the truth. Right? Fair enough? Listen, we want to know the truth. How many of you enjoy being lied to? Anybody? Nobody enjoys being lied to. I hate it. I hate when my kids lie to me. I'm pretty sure I can tell when they're lying to me. But you always wonder, are they actually lying to me? I hate being lied to. There are some people that just want to try to bury their heads in the sands, and they don't want anybody to tell them the truth, and they just want to go on as if nothing ever happened and they, they just don't want to understand any of those things. But for most of us, we want to hear the facts. For other people, some of their motto is ignorance is bliss. Right? And I can understand that to a certain extent. But for the majority, for the whole, we want the truth. We want to know the truth. We want to understand the truth. We want to know what's going on. We want to know why it's going on. Um, There are things that I ask my wife, and she hates it, but I want to know her. I want to understand her, and I want to know the truth about her. I don't want to think something that is untrue about my wife. I want to think what is true. I want to know what's true. I want to uh, act upon what's true. Because when you act upon what is true, and when you know what is true, it is far more easy to act in confidence Because if you're wondering, I'm not sure if this is right, I'm not sure if this is exactly where we're supposed to be, then you act, and you act a little bit less confidently. And so when you know the truth, you act more confidently. So we want to understand what's going on. The internet has provided us an incredible amount of information. And so now it's so easy to find out information very quickly. However, it's not all good. Information. It's not all bad information, don't get me wrong, but it's not all good information. But we have information at our fingertips far faster than we could ever get it before. Pastor Stone used the illustration at Help this last week that um, if he ever wanted to figure out anything, he had to get a ride to the library. Find an Encyclopedia Britannica, look that word up, and then do a little bit of searching on it. That was one word, but if you wanted to find out things on the subject, it took hours upon hours upon hours. And so, but we have information at our fingertips. Maya asked me the other day, she said, Daddy, what is a daddy kangaroo called? And I'm like, I don't know. And she says, well, can you ask Siri? And I said, sure. So I did. So within, I said to Siri, what is a baby kangaroo called? Instantly, within one second, I have all the information I need. Which, by the way, a, baby, a daddy kangaroo is not called a Joey. That is a baby kangaroo. It is called a buck, a boomer, a jack, or an old man. Just so you know, in case you ever want to know. So that's information. That's, that's truth. That's, and, and again, sometimes you can get information that you don't want. Sometimes you can get one side of the story and not get the other side. Sometimes you can say, look at all this research that I did when your research is faulty. And there's all kinds of information out there. And listen, all of us want truth. All of us look for truth. All of us want to study truth. And so we look for it. We are always in search of truth. I want to give you a statement, and I hope maybe you'll write it down or maybe you don't have a pen and paper. But there are some things that maybe you want to write down. And we're going to go through a bunch of scripture tonight. And we're gonna we're gonna teach you some things, but I want you to know this, and I've said this before: truth transcends time. Truth transcends time. It doesn't matter what language, it doesn't matter what your traditions are like, it doesn't matter what culture you are in, it doesn't matter of anything, truth is truth. Listen, two plus two equals four. Always has, always will. I don't care if you're Chinese. I don't care if you're Canadian. I don't care if you're Norwegian. Two plus two equals four. You may say it differently. You may say as Spanish, dos plus dos equals cuatro. That was almost difficult. You may say that, but that's still truth. That's still two plus two equals four. Truth transcends time. Truth transcends culture. Truth transcends everything because it's truth. It gives us truth. It's always, two plus two is always been for. So you're asking, what does this have to do with the church? What does this have to do with the Bible Baptist Church as we see it? So I want you to pull up 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. This is what, it's the, this is what Paul says. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Here it is. Well, I want you to see this. The pillar And ground of the what? Of the truth. So listen, the church is the pillar. The pillar of truth. What is a pillar? Go ahead. This is a mutually, this is a mutual class. What is a pillar? It's a support. 100%. It's a support. Listen, if you put a pillar somewhere, you're trying to support the roof or you're trying to support the floor above it. I remember the pillar that we had in our kitchen And uh, my little sister could climb that thing. And it was literally just a pole with two by sixes on it. And she could climb that thing up. We had that pillar. It was a support so that my parents' bedroom didn't fall in. Wonderful. Okay? What is the ground, pillar and ground of the truth? Go ahead. Think about it. The base. Okay? So I want to use that base word. And I want to add an is to it. It's the basis of it. The basis of the church and the support is the truth. Listen, if you come to church and we don't have truth, you are receiving nothing. You are receiving nothing. So the church is the pillar and the ground. That, that's what makes this so important. This is why being biblical is so important. This is why the church is so important. This is why truth is so important because we are supposed to be the pillar and ground of it. We're supposed to support the church or support the truth. We're supposed to back up the truth. And you know what? On top of that, it is the basis for everything that we do. We've said it this way. It is the truth in the Bible is the sole authority For faith and practice. The sole authority for faith and practice. So it is the basis for everything that we do. Now can you say that about your life? Do you act based on truth? Or do you act based on falsehood? Um, Pastor Levi and I were talking about emotions and feelings and some of the things that he's talking about over there. And listen, emotions aren't always true, are they? They're always real, don't get me wrong. They're real, you feel them. They're, they're real emotions, but they're not always true. And so listen, you can act on that information and, and blow up at your spouse because that's how you feel or you can get the information and say, listen, I had a wrong preconceived notion about you and I will understand your side now and get your side of the picture and then I will act accordingly, according to truth. And so we must act and we must do according to truth. So what is the truth? What is the truth? I want you guys to pull up to John 17, 17. The Bible says this, sanctify them, Jesus. Again, let me give you just a little bit background of John 17. John 17 talks about uh, 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 Jesus when he's praying to his father. And he's praying to his father about these people that are in front of him, which would be his disciples. And so he says to God, he's praying, God, sanctify them, being the disciples, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Did you catch that? That is a huge statement. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Every part of it. Every piece of this is truth. It is all truth. Every part of it. Now let's pull up 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture, get that, all scripture, every part of it, every piece of it, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That is the purpose. That is truth. That is exactly what we're looking for. So what is truth? The truth is the word of God. Now let me ask you this question. Is there truth outside of the word of God? Okay? Do, let me ask you. Is there truth outside of the word of God? Think about it. Don't answer too quickly. Do we find 2 plus 2 equals 4 in the Bible? No, we don't. But can I tell you this? So, so yes, truth is found outside of the Bible. However, that truth can always be brought back to the Bible. There are places that you will find where, it's, where the Bible talks about some of those things. And it can always be linked back to the Bible. You can say that, that Saul acted this way. Because of these reasons. Listen, that's truth. But you can always go back and prove that through the Bible. So it's all linked back to the Bible. Truth is not solely contained in the Bible. But it can always be linked back. To, am am I, getting, I see a little bit of confusion. Am I getting through to that? You can always bring it back to the Bible. So if I say, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I didn't think I'd have to go through this. So... Um, Again, if, if I'm going with Saul, I, I, I like, I like um, psychiatry just a little bit. I like to understand why people think. So through psychiatry, you can understand why Saul, King Saul, excuse me, had problems. The Bible says that he was given an evil spirit from the Lord. Okay, so we understand that it came from the Lord, but what did that evil spirit do, and why did music make that feel better? So you can find out truth through psychiatry, but it will always be backed up by the Bible. The Bible will say it was given by God, and people that have this problem like music. You can find out all that information from the Bible, and you can make those guesses and make those uh, things come from the Bible. So I think, in, in my opinion... All truth will somehow tie back into the Bible. I believe that with all my heart. You give me something and I will try to be able to bring it back to the Bible. If it doesn't, I believe that it's not truth. So you can say, listen, I know. Somebody told me the other day at the nursing homes. Somebody said, here's truth. Here is truth. The world started billions of years ago. And the world started with two gases forming together. They said, I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's truth. And they say that, right? Well, Because they know that because they've proven that through science, right? Well, that's actually incorrect. You can't actually prove that through science. But you can go back to the Bible, and the Bible doesn't say that. And so it's not truth. It must go back to the truth. So let me ask you this question. Why are we biblical? Why is the Bible Baptist Church biblical? Why do we want as much truth as we can get? Why are we preaching and teaching from the Word of God? I want to give you two reasons. Number one, it's God's desire. It's God's desire that we be biblical. It is absolutely 100% God's desire. Let's throw up John chapter 4. You can turn with me if you want. I just have a habit of going through things very quickly. And so I want you to be able to see things uh, quickly. John chapter 4. Verses 23 and 24. Jesus is sitting at the well with a woman. And she begins to tell him all kinds of different things about how we worship in this hill. And and all of these different things. And Jesus says, but the hour cometh and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. But watch. Okay, that's good. Let's stop there. The Father needs to be worshipped. Worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Okay? But notice the next part. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Did, do you get that? The Father is seeking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. You know what that tells me is that there's people who are not worshiping him in spirit and in truth. God is the spirit, verse 24. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So this is Jesus, God, in the flesh, telling us that God wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And he's seeking for that. So listen, there are people out there that are worshipping in the name of God. But they're not worshipping the way that God wants to be worshipped. We talk about coming to church. And we talk about worshipping God. And we talk about uh, giving our lives to God. Well, the question is, what does that look like? Every one of us has that question. How does worship look? I mean, is it okay to raise your hands? Is it okay to have a rock band? Is it okay to uh, uh, worship the way that I want to worship? Is that okay? Okay. Well, God's desire is that people worship him in spirit and in truth. So let me ask you the question. It's not about how I want to worship. Let me ask you a question. How does God want to be worshipped? How does God want to be worshipped? Well, Pastor Jones, it says right here that the Father seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. So if we're going to worship God, and we're going to give him his desire, and we're going to do it the way that God wants us to do it, then we must search the truth. Right? Are you with me? The truth. If we're going to do that, it doesn't matter how I want to serve him. It doesn't matter how I want to worship him. It's all about how God wants to be worshipped. And how am I going to find that out? I'm going to find that out through the truth. I'm going to understand that through the truth, if we aren't worshiping God the way that God wants to be worshiped, then what are we? What are we? I guarantee you this, we are not the church, the pillar and ground of the truth. We're not that. If we're just doing whatever we want, listen, if we want to dance and we want to sing and we want to uh, do all kinds of things that are not biblical and we want to we put those things ahead in our worship, then we are not a church. We are not supporting the truth, and we are not the basis of the truth. We are just a social club. That's it. You know what people do at social clubs? We People, call, they go clubbing. They go out at night, they drink, and they dance, and they might sing karaoke. They do all these things, and listen, it's only for a good time. And it's only to maybe say appease your conscience just a little bit. Listen, there are people in this world that worship the way that they want to worship. But that's not a church. The church is the pillar, the support, and the ground, the basis of the truth. And so if we're not worshiping God in spirit and in truth, then we are not a church. That's why this is so important. We must completely understand how God wants to be worshiped. And hear me, we don't worship God only at church. The Bible's clear. We don't worship God only at church. Worship can happen any anytime, anywhere, any place. Worship can happen in any form, but listen, it must be according to the way God wants to be worshipped. We are here to learn about God. We are here to learn about God. We are here to learn how to worship God. I, I want forever, and, and I know Pastor Stone would say the exact same thing. For the Bible Baptist Church, we do not come socially. Although that may be part of it. We do not come to only sing praises to God. We come to learn about God. We come to learn how to worship God. We are here to learn the truth. The truth. We are not here for our own pleasure. We are not here for our own desires. We are here to worship and learn how to worship God. And learn more about God. So number one is very simply God's desire. God seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so if we don't know this book, if we don't spend time in this book, that's why I, I, I genuinely do like and love that everybody still brings their Bible. We ask to turn in our Bibles. And maybe it's on your iPad or maybe sometimes we throw it up on a screen. But listen, it's so important that everything is based around that. Because it's God's desire. Now hear this, if any person in our church, myself, Pastor Holland, Pastor Levi, any Sunday school teacher, any guest preacher, ever says anything that is not backed up by the Bible, you have free permission to throw that out. I'm I'm dead serious about that. Do not take my word for it. The Bereans didn't. They didn't take Paul's word for it. They searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. Listen, I challenge you to do that. Take everything. Write it down. Google. Do whatever you have to do to search out the truth. Make sure it comes from the Bible. That's why, you know, if you want to use your Bible on your iPad, I'm totally fine with that. You know why? Because you have very quick access. If I say, this word means... Boom. You know what you can do? You can click on that word. It will pull up a definition right for you, right there. I do it all the time if I'm listening. Somebody will say the definition of a word, and I actually just take notes on my iPad when somebody's preaching. But I'll quickly flip over to my Bible app, and I'll find that word, and I'll click on it. And I, I just want to see. I just want to make sure. Do that with me, please. Do that with every person in our church. And listen, if, if there's a discrepancy, by all means, approach me. We'll talk about it. Somebody approached me about something the other night, and it wasn't even a discrepancy. It was just a furtherance. And I said, hey, that's a great point. I should, probably, should have probably said that. I want you to know the truth. I want you to know the truth. Because that's what God desires. God desires us to know the truth. And we are, again, remember, we are the pillar and ground. Of the truth, number two, for God's glory, and we'll take a little bit more time on this. For God's glory, are we to be biblical? You say, isn't that the same thing as God's desire? Not really. I want to show you something. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. You guys won't have this one back there, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Second Timothy chapter two. Lengthy passage. I want to spend a little bit of time here. Second 2 Timothy 2:15 2, most of you could probably quote this verse. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Second 2 Timothy 2:15 2, the Bible says study that's not just for the preacher. Okay? Seriously, study to show thyself approved unto God. So who's it for? Not not for me. It's for God. You getting that? Okay, good. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I'm I'm to handle it properly. Do you realize that I could almost tell you anything I want and quote-unquote base it on the Bible? People have done it for years. Preachers have done it for years. In fact, I have sat under some preaching from people that have used the Bible to promote their own problems, their own hobby horses, whatever you want to call it. Listen, that's why it's so important to study the Word of God and rightly divide it. Rightly divide it. In fact, there are very I, I used a couple of them this time, but I very rarely use one single verse without giving context around it. Because I don't want to use that verse out of context. It's very important. Verse 16. Look what he says. But shun profane and vain babblings. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. Anything that's not a part of the Bible is profane and vain babblings. And look what it says. They will increase unto more ungodliness. Now again, look at our world. People are saying, well, I I go to church and this is okay at my church and this is, my my pastor said that this is okay. It's not about what your pastor says. It's not about what my dad taught me. It's not about what your grandfather taught. It's about what the Bible says. And so those things are going to uh, increase ungodliness. Increase ungodliness. And their word, verse 17, will eat as a, as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. Philetus, who concerning the truth have what? Erred. They have erred. Saying that the resurrection is passed already and overthrow the faith of son. Listen, you can err from the truth. That's why it's important to understand and study the Bible. Nevertheless, look at this. The foundation, the ground. The foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ what? Depart from iniquity. And so if you teach non-truth, you are going to increase in ungodliness. But if you teach in truth and maintain the foundation, you are going to depart from iniquity. Do you see the balance here? Am I being clear? Stay with me. I'm sure you're tired. It's Wednesday night. You've worked hard all week already. Verse 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Watch this. And some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto what? Honor, sanctified, and meet for whose use? The master's use, and prepared unto every good work. This is all in the context of study to show thyself, approved unto God. When you know the truth, when you know the truth, it will help you depart from iniquity. And that will help you purge yourself from these and you shall be a vessel unto honor. Meet for the master's use. Again, our point here is God's glory. God wants to use you. God wants to uh, be a a working vessel in you and he wants you to be a, a vessel unto honor. He wants to be, if you will, for lack of a better word, I don't like using this word, but he wants to be proud of you. He wants to say, here, here's one of my better vessels. Use this one. But we can't do that when we're in non-truth, when we're in falsehood, because that increases ungodliness. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, if you'll turn over there with me. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Do you guys have that one back there? No, I don't think so. should have wrote slide next to the ones that I had. Ephesians 5.25, the Bible says this. Husbands, love your wives. Every wife loves this verse. Husbands, love your wives. But here's the key in our, our context tonight. Even as Christ also loved the church. The pillar and ground of the truth, okay? The church, and gave himself for it. So Jesus loves the church so much that he gave himself for it, verse 26. Why did he give himself for it? Here it is that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Interesting. Verse 27. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. Do you see what God wants to do? God wants to take the church, the pillar and the ground of the truth, and he wants to present it to himself, which I find so interesting. He wants to present it to himself, a glorious church. Not having spot nor wrinkle. How does he do that? How, does he, how is he able to do that? Well, first of all, and really only with the washing of water by the word. With the washing of water by the word. You see, we are to glorify God. And when we are in the truth, what we are doing is we are allowing the truth to wash us. You say, Pastor Yomans, I was cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, I understand that. But sanctification happens at a one-time thing with the salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. But hear this: sanctification also continues throughout your entire life through the washing of water by the Word. So it's just, it's an initial process. And you get sanctified and you are are cleansed from your sin, but you also have the process of sanctification. How in the world am I going to be able to present myself before God with no spot, with no wrinkle, with no blemishes, with no marrings of the world, only through the Word of God? So why in the world, why is it so important that we, Bible Baptist Church, preach and teach and spend time and be biblical? Because for God's glory. Because when we're biblical, the Bible says that the Bible is a mirror. You can look into that mirror and you can see the blemishes. When you spend time in front of that mirror, it begins to work those things off. John chapter 8 with me, if you will told you we're going to spend some time in the, in the word of God tonight. John chapter 8 look at verse 31 John chapter 8 and verse 31 the Bible says this then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him if ye continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed listen that's awesome A disciple is somebody who follows Christ. If you're going to follow Christ, you must continue in his word. If you're going to know Christ, you're going to understand Christ, and you're going to glorify Christ, and you're going to fulfill God's desire of worshiping, you must know him. And in order to know him, you must continue in his word. Verse 32, and ye shall know the truth. And here it is, and the truth shall make you free. I'm sure you've finished that in your mind a couple times. I said, if you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. We love that and we quote it, but what, free from what? Free from what? Let's look. They answered him, these people, these Jews that were talking to him. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. Is that true? No, it's not, because Abraham's seed was actually in bondage to, like, for 400 years to Egypt and Pharaoh. Interesting that they say that, but how sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whosoever, here it is, committeth sin is the servant of sin. So he's talking about being a servant to sin. If the Son therefore shall make you free, oh excuse me, uh, verse 35, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth forever. If the Son thereof shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so listen, he's saying the word, the word that I am supposed to keep, the truth Will make you free. When you know and you understand and you're, the, you're a disciple of the truth. My word, that truth shall make you free. Make you free from what? Sin. Every one of us in here knows that sin is a slave. Makes us slaves to it. It is a bondmaster that often we can't break away from. But the more you know the truth, the more it will set you free. So again, why? Why? For God's glory. For God's glory. Listen, when we are a Christian who's wallowing in the mire of sin, are we glorifying God? Not at all. But when we're a Christian who's overcoming and conquering sin and we're resting on the foundation of Jesus Christ and His words and we're following Him and, and we're not having spot and a wrinkle, you know what we are? We're presenting ourselves and before God, a glorious church. The pillar and ground of the truth. We're upholding that truth and we're glorifying God. Let's go back to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Again, Jesus spending time praying to his Father. We, we, it's important to understand about this passage. John chapter 17, look at verse 11. The Bible says, and now I am no more in the world. So he's getting ready to leave. He's praying and talking to God about the time when he will leave this world. I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Okay, pay attention to that. One. One. As Jesus and God are one. That's important. How are we going to do that? Well, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, being Judas. That the scripture might be fulfilled, and now I come to thee. And these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. Now here it is, verse 14. I have given them thy, what? Word. And the world hath hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Very important. He gives them his word. Verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. How are they going to be kept from evil? Through the word. Because he's given us the word. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Here it is. Sanctify them through thy truth. Keep them separate from the evil. Keep them away from evil through thy truth. What's thy truth again? Thy word is truth. Verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them also. Sent all, I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself. That they also might be sanctified through the truth. Through the truth. You see what truth does? It keeps us free from sin. It keeps us free from sin. And Jesus praying to his father. Jesus praying to God. says, listen, I so badly want these people to be free from sin. I so badly want them to be one as we are one. And the only way they are going to do that is through your word. Do you realize the power of God? The power of his word can keep us free from sin. It can sanctify us. It can, it can cleanse us as the washing of water. So, why is it important that the Bible Baptist Church teaches truth? Well, we need to learn about God, but you know what we need to do? We need to keep ourselves pure and spotless in front of an almighty God, the pillar and ground of the truth. That's our job to support that, to lift it up. Psalm 119, verses 9 to 11. Go ahead and throw that out, guys. Listen to this. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Interesting. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. This is so important. You want to live a sin-free Christian life? You want to live a glorious Christian life before God? Spend time in the word of God. That's why it's so important that we as a Bible Baptist church remain biblical. Psalm chapter 119, verses 105. we will show that one. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Not only does it keep sin from us, but it shows us ahead, shows us what's coming. Even if you just base it upon the book of Revelation, you go, oh, wow, wow, that, there's a lot of things coming. But listen, it teaches you that there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and it begins to tell you something about them so you know how to guard yourself. It tells us about the armor. That we need to put on the spiritual armor, put this on, put the helmet of salvation, and use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, it tells us all of those things so that we can defend ourselves against it, so that we can see ahead, so that we can be prepared when those times come. All the Bible. The Word of God is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Often said, you probably know this, sin will keep you from this book. Or this book will keep you from sin. That's why it's so important. So important that the Bible Baptist Church is biblical. Biblical. Because God is searching. God is seeking For such to worship him in spirit. and We could spend a lot of time on that. And the truth. God desires it. But also, the church, the pillar and ground of the truth, needs to give glory to God. The best way we can give glory to God is living a spotless, sinless life. And the only way we can do that is through the washing. Through the word. Keeping faith. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to his word. The Bible Baptist Church is biblical. It's one of our core values. We hold to this book. In fact, we cling to it. And I often give an illustration. The Bible talks about one of David's mighty men. His name was Eleazar. Eleazar was in a field, defending a field. And he was the only one there. He had a sword in his hand. And I forget the exact number of Philistines that he took on that day. But the Bible says that his hand clave to the sword. You know what that means? They couldn't get him out of it for anything. They had to peel his hands apart in order to get that sword out of his hands. Listen, how much does the Bible Baptist Church love the word of God? Enough that you can peel it out of our cold, dead fingers. Enough that you can just... Try all you can to get it away from us, but you're not going to take it from us. Listen, we're biblical. And to the best of God's grace, as long as I'm the pastor here, we'll be biblical. We'll fight hard and we'll understand what God wants and we'll dig deep. And we'll understand what God wants for us and what God wants to keep us away from. And we'll try to please God with it. We use this as a love letter from God. Listen, a love letter from my wife tells me what she desires. God desires some things. We're going to find that out. But you know what? We also use it as an instruction manual. An instruction manual is how best to give God glory. How best can we give God glory? We give it through keeping our sink ourselves sanctified and meet for the master's use. The Bible is truth. And do we all want the truth? I do, right? Bible Baptist Church, biblical. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the Bible. Father, without it, we would be lost. Spiritually, physically, morally. Father, there's so many things that the Bible can teach us. Father, I pray that we would study it. pray that we would spend time in your word, understanding it. Father, we wouldn't just go and let the preacher study it for us. Father, we would study and dig hard so that we might know how best to worship you and we might know how best to keep ourselves from sin and glorify you. Father, we love you. Thank you for giving us this book. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.